brothers and sisters, welcome to another episode of the LDS Fishers of Men podcast. I am your host, Alan, coming at you yet again, you guessed it, from the garage gym, a sacred place to me. I don't remove my shoes or anything like that. Uh, That would be unsafe with all the weights uh, lying around that I probably should organize up a bit. But it is a uh, a special place to me nonetheless, and I like doing the recordings out here, even when I have opportunity to do them in the house. There's just something about being uh, in solitude out here after a nice workout. Um, you'll notice today's a, a little bit late. I'm coming at you guys a little late. Today was a uh, bicep and back workout, so I figured I'd keep you guys on your toes and change things up a bit. Um, been doing a lot of prepping, been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of praying, honestly, and a lot of trying to get ready for general conference. And, uh, I kind of wanted to take an opportunity with this episode. We're not going to do a deep dive into any, any big doctrine. Um, I figured this time we can kind of do a, maybe a little sit rep, right? which uh, is a military term for the, like, basically what's going on, the, 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 the situation, you know, situational awareness as, as to what's going on in the world where we're at. I figured maybe we could um, also, uh, in, in conjunction with that, kind of go into preparation for general conference, which is uh, coming up this weekend, which I absolutely cannot wait for. I am stoked. Um, there's lots of stuff to, to go over. There's a lot of things that I thought about going into, but I figured this episode, maybe we would keep it real, loosen up a little bit and I could, uh, just, you know, I, let, let us reason together as Isaiah would say, right? Um, I think off the bat, you know, we can look around, we can see there has been a lot of talk of food shortages. There's been a lot of talk of from many, many different sides of the aisle uh, about the situation in Ukraine and stuff like that. Um, it's important to note that I think you need to take everything with a grain of salt from the our media sources, right? Like we, I don't believe that we have the full picture as to what's going on. I think there is a lot of Gadianton influence going on right now, and I'm not going to go into conspiracy theories or anything like that. I'm not going to dive into that. Um, I just I think that we need to acknowledge and be aware of kind of the the awful situation that we're in with regards to that. That there is a lot of spin. There's unfortunately a lot of misinformation. A lot of uh, possible red flags. Um, I think that right now we're experiencing, and I hope I'm wrong, I absolutely hope I'm wrong, but I think we're experiencing the calm before the storm, you know, the the breath before the uh, exhalation of fire from the dragon, so to speak. You know, I... I uh, <laughs> there's a 
a line from the Lord of the Rings where Gandalf and Pippin are sitting there in in the um in the White Castle, right? They're sitting there in Gondor, and I'm I'm nerding out on you guys, but hang with me for a minute. But there's a part in there where they're sitting there and Pippin is like, you know, like, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this to this battle, but but being on the edge of this battle, waiting for this battle to actually happen is worse than being in the actual battle. It's like I hate the wait. I hate the you know, that that calm before the storm. And Gandalf even says that he's like, Yeah, this is the calm before the storm, you know. And I feel like that's kind of where we are at. Um, I think that we have entered a interesting time in history. I think that we will tell our grandkids about this. Hopefully, um, Christ is around by then. And we are able to talk about these things and about how, not about how awful they were, but we can look back and see how faith-promoting these trials and tribulations that are right at our doorstep were and how we chose to act as Christians and as true disciples of Jesus Christ, uh, being true members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and that we dropped our egos, we we ceased to be cultural Mormons, and we were truly converted to the Lord. I've, I've been thinking a lot about that, a lot about, about what the future holds. And if I'm being 100% honest with you guys, I haven't been sleeping well because of the goings-on in the world and because of friends that I have and, and family that I have and, you know, people who are close to me, you know, at least in my sphere of influence. Maybe I haven't kept up with them like I should, but people who are not uh, preparing, who have not heeded the prophetic guidance uh, from years past, clear on up to, you know, Elder Bednar mentioning it a year or two ago in conference, to have food storage on hand, to be prepared and to lay up those those things that sustain life against a season of scarcity. That type of thing has been keeping me awake, and I've actually even started to store up a little bit, uh, maybe to even share and to and to make sure that those who are in that position maybe will have enough, you know, at least have something that I can drop off. That type of thing just, you know, it gives me anxiety because I, I can't imagine being in a position right now, especially if you're paying attention to what's going on in the world and not having anything laid up in store especially when our former uh, vice president is is up there and he is talking about how yeah there's going to be food shortages that is definitely real you know it's like i'm saying it we're having acknowledgments of this fact that there is going to be scarcity and you know i remember as a kid 
you know, in school, learning about the Soviet Union, learning about uh, soup lines and, you know, in communist countries and, and thinking, I mean, that, that had an effect on me. That's one of the only things I remember from those early years of, of grade school were some of those things that we talked about. You know, it's dealing with, with food scarcity, dealing with, you know, Irish potato famine. And like, for some reason, that stuff just stuck with me. And it really did. I don't know why. Maybe in the pre-existence, I liked food storage. I don't know. But as soon as I was married, you know, we, uh, my parents uh, gave us a, I think it was a, maybe a box or two of food storage from the uh, church storehouse. And they said, okay, this is your, this is your starting stuff. And I have that stuff to this day, you know, almost 15 years later now. And it just, it, it has always been a big thing for me. You know, I, I, I tried to lay up and store as much as I could against the day because I don't, I don't want to have that on my conscience and I don't want to experience, nor do I want to watch my children uh, or my wife go hungry. Um, it's, you know, it just, it made a big impact on me. So the good news is, is that there is still time and I would exhort anybody in, in my sphere of influence or in the sound of my voice to make sure that you have some food laid aside just in case, and if you do, great, fantastic. Maybe think about having some that you can store, or if there's somebody that you know who doesn't have any stored up, maybe we start thinking about getting some for them if we are in a position to do so. Um, I don't remember a time in my life, and I've asked my dad, if he remembers a time in his life that was like this, you know, and, and the answer to both of those is no. It's a strange thing for me to remember what it was like um, in 9-11 when the Twin Towers were hit, right, by the planes and stuff, and you know, I'm not going to get into conspiracy theories like I say, whether that was an inside job or not. You know, that's that's irrelevant. At least in the, in this uh, case that we're talking here. It's just interesting to me to see how we pulled together in that moment. You know, America really did pull together, and it seemed like we turned towards God, even. For a short season... You know, albeit a short season, but we, we did. There was a time, I remember that, like everybody. We, we loved our, our police officers. We loved our firemen, our first responders, you know what I mean? And to compare that from my, my 14, 15-year-old mind, you know, going back and thinking in that way to now, what has happened to us, you know? What has happened to us? The words of Moroni really do, or, or excuse me, Mormon, really do echo in my mind. It's like my my oh my oh ye fair ones, you know. He's talking about his people, my my people, oh ye fair ones. I honestly wonder 
as we get ready to enter into possible conflict. And I hope that is not the case. I hope that we are able to, that something, that cooler heads prevail and that we do not enter into conflict. I would like more time to prepare. <laughs> I will never feel 100% ready. I, I know that, but, you know, you just, you, you really don't want to, war is an ugly thing and it can be necessary um but i have a hard time thinking of a lot of wars in our recent past to be honest i can't think of any that were necessary or worth it and this is coming from a you know a uh, a veteran of the military you know, I, I as I'm an older, wiser man now, more banged up, got a little bit, you know, more injuries than I care to admit or let people know about. But I think with that has come a lot of wisdom, you know, as we get older, and that naturally kind of comes, but it's one of those things that I just, there's not a whole lot of conflicts that we have been in that haven't had the stamp of Gaddy Anton written all over it. And that has been nothing but death, destruction, and enrichment for Gaddy Anton. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Like I say, I don't want to go into... I think that going into conspiracy stuff is... Though there may be a lot of truth, and there's some valid, absolutely valid stuff going into that stuff, I think that it is... Um. I don't know how beneficial it is to go into that, so I am not going to, you know, hopefully I don't disappoint anybody, but I think that you can get off the rails really easily going into that stuff. And number one, what can we do about it, you know, aside from the stuff that, you know, the primary answers and and things that we know we can do in our sphere of influences, but what can we do about it really? And how do we know which ones of those things are true and which ones are made up, right? I mean, obviously, lizard men is not a thing, but you know what I mean. There's, it's just not beneficial, and it. I don't think that it benefits us or the spirit to give it a whole lot of credence. I think that if we want to get into that, you can go to, you can go to Alex Jones or you know even Glenn Beck or something like that and get fantastic information there, but. I think that I think that um in dealing with wars and rumors of wars you know I I um I'm scared and I'm worried because I have boys who will be military age relatively soon and I do not feel that sending them into these wars is just, justified, or worthy of their blood or any United States citizen's blood. I just don't see it. And not only that... Um, we, 
We are murdering and killing unborn children to date um, in the millions, many millions. Every year it's thousands upon thousands. We, um, if God doesn't punish us soon, he will owe Sodom and Gomorrah an apology. And I don't say that to hurt feelings. I don't say that to disrespect anyone. I say that as a matter of gospel doctrine and perspective that we as a country have embraced um, some things dealing with, with marriage and dealing with dealing with the defining of marriage, um, with treatment of children, especially people who in ages past we would have helped and we would have gotten psychological um, help. We are now playing into those um, those delusions, those identity crises, right? We're and, and I'm trying to be careful here, and I don't want to be flippant. I don't want to be cavalier about how I word these things. You know, I I understand, and I in my own family we have things like this as well, right? I bring these up only as a point because I look at Russia and some of the laws that they have, and I'm not saying that they are, you know, every nation has problems. Every government, I think, out there is corrupt to the core, ours included. But, you know, I look at these countries as a whole, and when other countries have banned abortions, when they have banned you know, same-sex marriage and stuff like that, when they have taken more traditional stances, and we enter into conflict, we have possible conflict with these countries, I wonder how long the Lord will favor us over them. I wonder how long the Lord will allow us to ripen before we are compelled to be humble, and before we are pushed and compelled to turn back to Christ, who is the God of this land. You know, the, um, the Lord took direct ownership. If you read in the Doctrine of Covenants, He takes direct ownership over the Constitution, right? basically says, yeah, that's scripture. I raised up inspired men for that very purpose, right? And I don't think people realize how much how much Bible is in our founding, in our documentation, in our laws, you know? How many people know that uh, the Washington Monument, you know what I mean? That, like, <laughs> there's so many things you can go into, but 
you know, there's even having like in Washington, D.C., you can only build a, a building so high because of the, the forgive me, I can't think of the, the proper word for it, but it's basically the obelisk, right? And at the top is inscribed Laos Deo, right? At the top of it. They don't even tell you that when you do the, uh, the tours anymore, apparently. How far we have turned from the Son of God. And when we enter into conflicts like that, you know, the older I get and the more we continue to turn away, I wonder how long we have before we enter into a time of the Nephite. And I wonder if we are entering into that time now. Very interesting things to think about, and things that you can probably tell <laughs> have been on my mind lately. Um, you know, when God covenanted with Abraham, there were some interesting things, if you study it, especially with the founding of America, with the pilgrims who came over, in the 1600s with with our founding fathers right when when they initially came up with the idea right this this awesome idea of of freedom and a democratic republic right we're not a democracy we're a democratic republic there's a difference but there were that there was a covenant that was reestablished and it was the covenant that God made with Abraham a national covenant that covenant included uh inheritance right which was is the land right the real estate um there would be a a covenant of that included posterity which is our seed our descendants right uh, it would include prosperity, which is like economic uh, wealth, right? Our ability to to uh, thrive, right? And take care of each other and to have commerce. And there was also a covenant of security or protection to the point where the Lord would fight our battles for us. And it is because of this covenant that we have enjoyed upon this land with our God that has been in force because of that security that protection we have been able to send missionaries worldwide and the church has thrived and grown right I think we are seeing those covenants being stripped away from us in reverse order. And how the posterity is taken away is through the sword. Now I don't mean to get heavy, I don't mean to bring anybody down, I think that we need to have faith that the Lord will bring things aright and He will make things 
work out to our benefit and our good. And I hope and pray that the Lord looks down and He sees us, band of Christians who are upon the land, and that includes non-LDS people who are following Christ, right? It's not an exclusive club as far as this national covenant is concerned. Right? We're, we're Christians together, and we need to stand together and not, not worry about the differences right now. But this type of thing, you know, I, we, we definitely need to trust, and we need to... Like I say, I, I, I hope that the Lord is looking down, and He sees the band of Christians upon the land who are looking to Him, who are praying to Him. Because it feels like we are, I mean, it really feels like we're, we're having chains that just keep shackling us. Slowly but surely. And I, I have great anxiety for our future if we don't turn back to Christ. And hopefully, in the same way that, uh, I believe it was it was Nephi who asked the Lord, uh, you know, this isn't this isn't Nephi who crossed the ocean, Nephi. Uh, this is sealing power given to him, Nephi. You know, he could close up the heavens and such. Instead of bringing the sword upon his people, he asked for a famine. <laughs> and wouldn't that be interesting if President Nelson asked for the same thing? You know, I don't know. That's, don't, don't, you know, don't look into that. There's nothing there. But it would be interesting, wouldn't it, to say, hey, let's drive them to their knees. Let's get them to turn back to you through this way, you know. And here we are looking at that stuff. It's very interesting. As we prepare for general conference I look forward to hearing the brethren uh, you know address and speak as to the things that the Lord would have us hear and understand and know at this time and again I would implore anybody within the sound of my voice or sphere of influence to if you find yourself or have heard people or listened to people who have advocated for a removal of the president of the church or the twelve apostles from your mind and from the forefront of your mind and from you know heeding their advice their urgings their their prophetic guidance, right? I would urge anybody who has entered into that that forbidden path, that lost, you know, that, that, that lost road to repent and come back. You know, and I don't say that from a Ramayumptum. I say that 
as someone who is trying to hold on to the rod himself and who is looking at you and stretching out my hand saying, come on, take my hand, let's get back to the rod. Like we've covered before, and I'm sure you're getting sick of hearing this, but brothers and sisters, the adversary is trying right now and succeeding, unfortunately, in separating us from the brethren. Because if he can separate you from the brethren, he has separated you from the Lord. He has separated you from the foundation, from the church that the Lord has built. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, right? The foundation was built on prophets and apostles. And it is how things are done. You know, we just, we just in Come Follow Me, we were talking about Moses, right? Fantastic stuff about Moses. Look at him. Read, the, read those again if you're struggling with this. Because there's some really deep, awesome, intricate stuff in there that deals with the relationship between the people, the children of Israel, which is us, right? Like in the scriptures, Moses being the prophet and the Lord being the Lord, right? Surely the Lord God will doeth nothing, save he revealeth his secrets unto his servants the prophets. It's a pattern, it's a type and a shadow, it's how things are done. Christ doesn't need to do it that way, it's how he does things. It's his church, it's his foundation. And we would do well to remember these things, especially when it comes to prophetic guidance that we don't like. Look at the children of Israel. Look at how, look at how often they kicked against the pricks. It's ridiculous. We can all see it when we read it, but we're, we look at ourselves, look at today, we're doing the same exact thing. Exactly. Well, we love to quote the, the dead prophets of old, but the modern one, we want a stone, you know? Let's remember. Let's remember that as we go into this week, as we go into this weekend, let's prepare spiritually. Let's remember why the Lord has blessed us with these things, brothers and sisters. I want to share something with you. A quote that I had forgotten about, but I ran into the other day. Okay, this is, this is on the importance of, of prophets and prophetic counsel. This is from Joseph Smith. Christ says, No man knoweth the day or the hour when the Son of Man cometh. Did Christ speak this as a general principle throughout all generations? Oh, no. He spoke in the present tense. No man that was then living knew the day or the hour. But he did not say that there was no man throughout all generations that should not know the day or the hour. That's a pretty bold claim. No, for this would be in flat contradiction with other scripture, 
For the prophet, Amos 3.7, says that God will do nothing but what he will reveal unto his servants, the prophets. That's Joseph Smith. That is pretty dang huge. And I hope that kind of woke you up. I hope that was a little shot of caffeine for you. As to the importance of what we're talking about here, of, of the brethren, right? You know, we, we have these men who have accepted a calling from Jesus Christ. Now, I, I'm going to tread carefully here, but I want to impress upon you how Christ taught and how he how he called his twelve apostles when he was during his mortal ministry. There is a, you know, try to think how to word this here. I believe that when Christ washed the apostles' feet, I believe that that is not something that is or was done to that select group of apostles. And I'm being careful with this because I believe that this is an ordinance. And I, I, I know that it is extraordinarily sacred, so I'm treading carefully here. And I bring that up and leave it to your mind and to your imagination as to what happens to one of our apostles in our day is called to be an apostle. Think about that. Ponder upon that. Do some research on that. Because I'm not going to go into it, okay? I, I, I'm treading carefully here. But I want you to, to understand here that this is not... There is more going on behind the scenes, brothers and sisters, than we know about. There is indeed a living, breathing Jesus Christ. He has a glorified, resurrected, celestial body. And he does indeed commune physically as well as through the Holy Ghost with the brethren, with the prophet. And I believe, and if you research, you will too, when you read certain accounts from apostles and prophets as to earthly visitations and ministry. It is, it's partly why I'm so passionate about this subject. And it is frustrating, and it is, 
it really it hurts my heart when members of our faith, our own people, our people, O ye fair ones, brothers and sisters, when they will take and trample the office of prophet or apostle underfoot. Yes, they are fallible men. Absolutely. They're not perfect. But these men were handpicked by the Lord Jesus Christ, the great Jehovah, to be the foundation of his church and to receive guidance from him actively, not passively, active guidance from Jesus Christ. There is much that we do not know and there is much that we are taking on faith that is not by accident, brothers and sisters. It was designed that way. I, I want to admonish you and, and, and admonish myself as well as we get ready to go into General Conference weekend. Let's get our spirits into tune. Let us get our houses in order. Let's, let's even go as so far as to maybe clean up our houses to make sure that we can fill the Spirit. You know what I mean? Let's make sure that we do everything can. Let, let's get a notebook. Let's get a, a pencil or, or pen. And let's jot down things that we hear from the Spirit. Let's ask questions and have them ready for general conference. Write those questions down in your notebook and see what kind of answers we get, right? Do not allow the prophetic urging and guidance from the brethren, from these inspired leaders who will be speaking to us, to be pearls cast before swine. Okay, we are sons and daughters of Heavenly Father. And when we enter into the waters of baptism, we become sons and daughters of Jesus Christ. We become born again. We are commanded to be one. And as we will inevitably shed chaff, and as members are led astray by, by intriguing doctrines that are fun, they are... You know, they, they are out there. They're almost sci-fi in some cases, right? We need to be very careful that we do not allow our desire for something to be true to convince us that it is true, right? What we are about to hear is what we are supposed to hear and what we need to hear. 
Now, we're going to hear them. And we're going to get some stuff from the Spirit. When the talks become available to read, that is where you will get some incredible third, fourth level down deep uh, levels of understanding because they, they surgically use their scriptures, right? President Nelson was a surgeon. They said he is surgical with his scriptures and his footnotes. That applies to everybody. And the scriptures that they use will tell you information that is beyond what they're saying on face value. And it's incredible. And it's prophetic. And it will blow your mind if you can, if you can put forth the effort to learn and to figure it out. And this is just, I didn't know this until recently. I think we've all been a little cavalier, and we've all kind of, you know, we, we've not taken these counsels as seriously as we should, unless it's right in your face. We need to be looking at these things like a parable, and we need to study them and understand them and what they're actually trying to say to us. And the prophetic guidance that we receive, I think it would behoove us to receive it well. I'm going to... This is getting put up a little late, so... I'm going to put this up uh, for Wednesday. Thursday, I will put out the midweek spiritual boost... Forgive me, my, my schedule is a little bit screwed up this week, but I'm going to put out a midweek spiritual boost, and I would implore you to listen to it. It is a um, it is a a speech or a talk given by uh, Spencer W. Kimball, and it's I believe it's Spencer W. Kimball. And it is entitled, 14 Fundamentals in Following the Prophet. It was given when he was the president of the Quorum of the Twelve. It's bold. It is incredible. It is, it is just, it's fantastic. And a year later, they wound up taking his talk and putting it from, from the BYU talk and putting it into the Enzyme. This is something you can hang your hat on, brothers and sisters. And I, I would encourage you, please, to look out for that and to listen to it. Even if you don't listen to anything else, right? If you're not listening to anything else that I'm putting out, that's fine. Listen to this talk. It is, it is fantastic. And it really will put things into perspective for you about our mouthpiece and about our foundation that we have on the earth today. I'm going to close up here. I've, I've been rambling on here for a long time. I haven't read a whole lot of, well, I haven't read any scriptures really. I've, I've quoted some from memory. I hope that you can feel the passion, and I hope that the Holy Ghost has taken the things that I have said to you, and I've tried to be as plain as I possibly can with this, 
And I hope that the Holy Ghost has spoken to you in a way that you will understand and that will make an impact on you personally. If I were to just do this by myself and to to speak words at you, that means nothing. The Holy Ghost is what takes anything, any effort that we put out and transforms it into something. And I hope that you have been in a position, and if you're not now, adjust your spiritual bunny ear so that you can get into a position where you can receive guidance from the Lord through His mouthpiece, through His brethren, chosen, handpicked personally by Him, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the great Jehovah, our Messiah, right? And don't tread the counsel underfoot. I hope we go into this with soft hearts and that we don't go in expecting anything. Now, what do I mean by that? Don't go in expecting A, and when you get B, you're disappointed. Because what message B has is what you are supposed to hear. And if you're not satisfied with it, you need to look deeper into it, because there's something there that you need to understand and that you need to hear. Brothers and sisters, I love you guys. I really do. I love my Russian listeners, I love my, my Belgium listeners, my Ghana listeners. You know, I, I, I love my Australian listeners. It's, it's so cool that I can start a podcast and immediately we are worldwide. We, it speaks to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the oneness It brings us together, doesn't it? I really do love you guys. You are my brothers and sisters, and I, I pray for your safety, and I ask at this time that the Lord will bless you through any trials and tribulations that you may have in your life, and that your nations may be Going through, I ask that the Lord will bless you during these times, and I look forward to a day when the Prince of Peace will rule over this world and rule over us as brothers and sisters under the King, the Holy Messiah, the Lion of Judah. I pray for these blessings to be upon you, upon your families, upon your, your nations. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.